What's going on, y'all? Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Godly Dating Podcast. These are your hosts, Safa Gray and Tavares Gray. They know who it is, babe. <laughs> What's going well, on, y'all? Um, so we're going to try to run through this because we're doing this during nap time. Right. Um, but this is a topic that we've been hearing a couple of times that never felt like I would want to touch on it because it has nothing to do with dating. But we're here now. Right. People have asked. So here we are. Hopefully we don't offend too many people. If you are new, hopefully you listen to the other episodes before you write us off. <laughs> if you disagree and you think we're not biblical, please just don't write that inside today's review. Um, save that for your friend <laughs> and just tune back in next week before you know we get canceled. So yeah, I want to start off with, yes, yeah, Alpha, tell me your opinion on alcohol. Do you think drinking alcohol is a sin? Um, if I am going to be completely honest, God has not convicted me that it is a sin to drink alcohol. I know the Bible says, you know, talks about it, you know, um, and I don't know. I feel as though God created alcohol for a reason. You know, people always use the scripture to turn water into wine. Okay. To justify it. Yeah. To justify it. I don't think that drinking to the point where you get drunk is, is right. I think that's where it, it becomes a weight. Or a sin. I think that as children of God, as Christians, we should always be ready. Um, we don't want to be like the five foolish virgins. We want to be ready. If God needs us to step in and to minister to somebody's life, we can't do so if we're under the influence. And so, with that being said, so I it don't drink. Like, it sounds like you're, 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 you're. I'm on the fence of not drinking. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah, not saying it's I'm wrong. To but where you were headed with that. I'm not saying it's wrong, um, but I, I, I think that it's best to not do it. Okay. So, fair enough. What, fair what about enough. you? So I think alcohol, drinking alcohol is not a sin. Um, I probably just got my minister's license revoked. Um, So pastor, I do love you if you're listening, but I don't think drinking alcohol is a sin. I think we all can agree about the the effects of alcohol. I think we all know um, that, you know, so much alcohol consuming too much or getting drunk, obviously can be the problem, but you know, I don't see the Bible that necessarily speaking against alcohol in and of itself. You know, so to me, it's always speaking against drunkenness. So I wrote down a few verses I want to talk about. Romans 13, 12 through 14 says, The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desire. So we see that it's, you know, Paul is telling us like basically Jesus is going to be coming back soon. You know, he's coming back for a pure church. So he's saying to put away evil desires. And one of the evil things he says to put away is drunkenness. I think a lot of people, they don't mind getting drunk. Oh, we can still get drunk, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what the scripture endorses. And I think, you know, as Christians, we're called to a different standard. Ephesians 5, 18 says, and be not drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, you know, or King James is wearing his excess, but be filled with the spirit, which means that's another verse not saying don't drink. Right. It's saying don't get drunk. I think that's two different concepts, you know, and then Galatians 5, 19 um, says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Um, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, 
drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we have to understand Paul is not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. And he's saying that's a part of a lifestyle that Christians shouldn't be involved in. So me, I think drunkenness is the problem. I don't necessarily view drinking alcohol as the actual issue. I believe that God has a problem when people are claiming to be believers, but they're drunk. Drunk on something that's not the spirit, but you're drunk right. on, you know, worldly substances. You know, so in my opinion, yes, alcohol can lead to sin, but it doesn't mean, you know, in and of itself, it's a sin. And I, I think... Uh, I think the problem is that a lot of people think they quote unquote know their limits. Yeah, and think, we are human. I think I Everybody, I think, and it's, it just—it doesn't. It's only not with drunkenness. It's more so with def- sin in general, yeah, or with with you know everybody oh, sees I'll how far it. they can yeah, can see, go yeah. before they tip over the edge. Whether it's you know you know even in relationships. People, you know, they, they test the limits and say, okay, so how far can I go without actually sinning? And mm-hmm. we think we know our limits, but we're human and we will fall. And so we'll keep testing that limit. Yeah, we test that limit. Go too far. And unfortunately, some people, even though alcohol is not a sin, have found themselves in that predicament where they drink and they drink and they drink and they don't realize till it's too late. And eventually... You know, some people de- sometimes depend on it and they keep drinking and drinking and drinking. It turns into a habit, not necessarily that it's a sin, but then it becomes um, it becomes a weight that, that that ends up as a sin. And to avoid all that, the Bible says to flee. I always use this verse, flee the very appearance of evil. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you know, if it, if it looks like it's not going to be good, then just just don't do it. I think, you know, the whole limit thing is is the problem because we all assume we know our limits, but we really don't as humans. Yeah, I think you're right. I wasn't looking at it from that perspective. I think a lot of times we do try that try that game on. Let me see how far I can go. And it always ends wrong. Like it never right. ends in a good way. And I don't think people pay that any attention. But, you know, like I said, I don't think the alcohol itself, you know, I think the, yeah, well, like you're mentioning, a lot of people could say, well, it's a self-control issue. Definitely is. But a lot of times we lack self-control. And right. I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I can control it. And then you realize how far you went at the end. And then that's the problem. And that's the reason why I want to say that Jesus turning water to wine, like Safa mentioned, is him, you know, endorsing sin. None of us are saying where, oh, Jesus would cause people to sin. So the people in my church or leaders that I've had that have been, you know, flat out against alcohol, you're saying Jesus made people sin then, if you're saying that the alcohol itself is the problem. You know, to me, that doesn't, it's not logical. None of us would say, that Jesus' miracle is either one endorsing sin or even telling us that we need to have alcohol at a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I heard one person say a lot of things in the Bible are not prescriptive, they're descriptive. So they're telling you what happened. It's not telling you this is what Jesus, you know. So I think a lot of times we confuse the two and then we we create doctrines out of our opinions. Or we create doctrines out of, you know, our convictions. And that's not always something, you know, that we can do because it never really ends well, you know, but I think, you know, with Jesus showing us that miracle, you know, that alcohol serves his purpose in certain ways. Um, First Timothy 523 says, don't continue drinking only water, but only, but use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses, you know, so wine has benefits. Paul had to tell Timothy because of sickness he had, that it was important for him to drink wine. Paul was not telling the whole church, go get lit, you know what I'm saying? So please, he was telling him, you have a health issue and you're avoiding wine, but no, you should take a little bit of wine because it's going to help with the issue that you're facing. Right. Now, many of us today, we have medication, we have medicine, we have all these things. 
we don't have to say, oh, let me drink a little bit of wine to feel better. You know what I mean? But I, I do understand that they have that they have the benefits. It, right? You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times some churches, we just don't, we demonize everything, you know, because we want the people to live right. right. So and we I think that's it. why they do it. Because sometimes if you give people an inch, they'll take, they'll take a mile. And Definitely. unfortunately with alcohol, that is the problem. People are not using it mm-hmm. for medicinal purposes. Yeah. That's a, most people are drinking to, to feel like, you know, drinking to feel a high or to feel, you know, when they're having fun and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you shouldn't really need the alcohol or depend on it to have fun. So, yeah. So while I don't think it's a sin, there are a few reasons why I still don't drink. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that now. Um, so I would say the first one, I think, I think South will probably talk, talked about a couple of them, but the first reason why I don't is because alcohol obviously impairs your judgment. You know, and I think a lot of people, they're just like, ah, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll stop and mention, I know my limit. I'll just take a couple of sips. You know what I mean? And I think, <laughs> I think that that can be a, bit of a, a huge deception you know what i mean because alcohol you'd never know you're drunk you until you know. already are and right. then and even, even then, then some people be like i'm so, good so i can people. drive i can drive home next and thing then, you know you get yourself into a car accident and yeah, that's yeah. that i've been on the appointment where i had to turn the babysitter when i realized oh this everybody is like a little too lit right now <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just yeah. like yeah somebody needs to be the mature one but the bible says in proverbs 21 Wine produces mockers. Alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. So we see that alcohol has led many down a reckless path, led many down a path of violence, led many down, like Safa said, DUIs, car accidents, all those things. Why? Because their their judgment was impaired. They weren't right. thinking straight. You know what I mean? You know, can it can cause people, you know, you you go to a party and you're just like, oh, just take a drink. You don't have a sound mind at that point. You know what I mean? Now you're drinking with people. Now you're sleeping with people that you wouldn't have been in bed with if you were sober. Mm-hmm. If you were thinking straightly, you would not have connected with that, connected to that person. You know, you probably thought that person was a, a 10 at a club. And the next day you see them and they're a three and a half. And why? Because you were drunk. You, right. you, you were so attracted to this person, but you thought you were attracted. No, in reality, they were a four. The alcohol said, nah, this is a 12. You know what I mean? Bro is a this, you know what I mean? It's like the alcohol just makes you think, you know, something is a better situation than it is. When we look in the Bible, you know, Lot's daughters, Lot, you know, Lot gets saved from the fire and brimstone that comes to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then now the daughters have no way to make children. So they both get their dad drunk and they sleep with them two separate occasions so they could produce offspring. Out of those, um, those children came the Moabites and the Ammonites two nations that God wasn't pleased with. So we see that at the root of two nations that God did not want came, they were born out of drunkenness. There are so many issues we can get drunk or we can be impaired in whatever way. And then we produce some things that God is not pleased with all because of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, like all Safa kids that she got back in Jamaica. Oh, please. That- <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. You know what I mean? But I'm just even. saying it impairs your judgment. Like, I think a lot of times we forget that. You know what I mean? And I get it. Everybody knows their limits. Or you're saying, I'm not going to be the one driving. Or you're saying, I'll stop before I talk to someone. I get that. That's up to you. I'm just mentioning some principles that you guys need to to um, to keep in mind before you think about taking a drink. And then Safa, you mentioned something. You know what I mean? You got to always be ready for God to use you. You mind talking about that? Yeah, I just think that we are disciples. Well, I know we are disciples of Christ and um, we just always have to be ready mentally. The Bible says he gives us a sound mind and being um, drunk is not necessarily sound. And if let's say you're on the road and someone, um, you know, falls into a situation where God is, you know, asking you to 
or God would would have loved for you to, you know, reach out to that person or to pray for them. You're not going to hear from God. And that's nobody says as a drunk person, you know, I hear God speaking to me to like you. You're just not there. You're just not there to be used by God. It just yeah. you have to. The Bible always says that we we always have to be ready. We don't want to be like the you know the the foolish versions. You you got to be ready to be used by God. So um, I, that's that's the main reason I feel like I don't drink. Besides the fact that you know my husband doesn't like it and my pastor says absolutely not. Of course I want to be <laughs> obedient to my leadership because um, disobedience is sin. <laughs> but that's my personal um, conviction on it. Like you know I just want to be available for God to use me anywhere, any place, anytime. Yeah, I think I think what she was saying is important. And everything Safa is saying is jumping all over all my notes. So clearly she ain't seen none of my Whoops. notes before she started talking. Nope. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think it's definitely hard to witness to someone while being drunk. You know what I mean? Or while drinking. Could you imagine like you and a boy drinking a couple, drink a couple beers, and then you're just like, Man, listen, God has been so faithful in my life while y'all drinking. You know what I mean? It's like bro, but you're they're drunk, so their vision, they're no even, even, impaired. So even they start if, cracking no, up. No, no, but I'm saying just, even if you're not at the point you're drunk. I mean, yeah. like, boom, y'all just took a couple shots. That's it. And it's just like, bro, we talking about God over tequila. Yeah. That does not happen. Let's just be honest. That's it not, what, not that's not what we're talking about when we're, when we're out drinking or we're partying and turning up. And it's just not, you have to understand that it's hard to witness the people that you're living exactly like. Right. You know what I mean? So if people see, you know, you want to, you know, people see like, hey, tomorrow's that church guy. You know what I mean? But then they always see me out drinking or they always see like I got a beer in the fridge. Every time they go, go in the fridge because they want something to drink, there's always a bottle of tequila. It's always a bottle of whiskey. It's like it kind of throws off. You know what I mean? And it doesn't allow you to be used, you know, the way that God would effectively want to use you because mm-hmm. people pay attention to what Christians do right. way more than what we say. Right. You know, absolutely. You quote every verse in the Bible, but they're paying but attention you to you. Living? You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so it doesn't really matter. You know how you how you try to pretty it up. You know what I mean? Like if you're out drinking, bro, your your speech is slurred, and you probably ran across somebody that you could have invited to church. Yeah, someone you witnessed to someone you could have taught you a Bible study. And then it's like sometimes that makes you miss your window. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why I just like that's one of those things. Whereas you have to be careful. You know, there's an old time song that they used to sing in church that saying. I'm going to live so God can use me any way or any, any time. I, I believe that was the worst. And it was just basically say, saying that I'm going to make sure I'm doing my part. Right. So if God ever wants to help me to do anything, I'm already ready. You know, those mm-hmm. times when you're in sin in church and then it's kind of like you need to praise the worship leader to pump you up or you need right. that encouraging word to, to get your mind back. Right. But sometimes you miss an, you'll miss a window because your mind is drifting. But if I'm focused on God all the time, I'm always able to have a window. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not, go ahead. Babe. No, no, I was just going to say, I think that I also think of like when God comes back, when the rapture comes, imagine if we're all just here drinking and having a good time. And like you said, your, your <laughs> thoughts. The Noah, they were right? partying and drinking. Yeah. And your, your, your thoughts and, and what you say, um, you know, basically are, are, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I lost the word. I'm drawing a blank. But basically, you can't think, you can't function properly. So you say things that are kind of in your heart, but you usually don't say if you weren't (laughs) drunk. And you say, you know, God forbid you start cursing or you start, you know, acting a fool and stuff like that. And those are things you might not remember. And you can say, well, I wasn't in my right mind. So you can't convict me for that. But God don't care. (laughs) He don't care. And I think we worry about being in reverence for everyone but God because we're worrying about, like, like if you do something stupid while drunk, people can cut you some slack. So just like, ah, he wasn't thinking in his right mind, but God is always paying attention. So, so are we ever wondering like, okay, well, 
can't am I getting to the point where God can't speak to me? Am I drinking too much that that I'm I'm missing out on my opportunity to grow with God? Am right. I am I drinking too much to the point that I'm using this to replace God? Is it becoming an idol in my life? Stuff like that. And I guess that leads perfectly to the next one. Actually, um, it can lead to an addiction. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand how serious of a drug alcohol really is. That's probably the biggest drug in our world because it's easy. It's like there are kids drinking alcohol. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I remember all my boys going to school drunk, 6 a.m. drinking. You know what I mean? So it's just like this is not this is not something that just older people struggle with. This right. is something people even in the church, because we look at it, well, the Bible doesn't say don't do this. So then we do it and then you get carried away. Right. And yeah. I think sometimes we think of ourselves, sometimes these things become a generational curse. You thinking it's just a good time, but you know, you, you start drinking alcohol, bringing that stuff into your home and you have kids that grow up and they think that it's okay. And they might not know their limits and yeah. they start drinking and it can become a, a generational curse. So don't just think of yourself. Think of the people around you too, your family members and things like that. Because I really believe that um, alcoholism is not just um you know drinking it is it is a spirit that's why yeah, they, they call, call it spirits sometimes, <laughs> yeah so. that's serious yeah um paul put it like this in first corinthians 6 12 everything is permissible for me but not everything is beneficial right. everything is permissible for me but i will not be mastered by anything so paul let him know that there are many things you can do as a believer no one is saying hey be like tomorrow's don't drink i'm not i'm not telling you Bible said, don't do this. If your pastor said it, all right, that's a different story. But I'm not telling you the Bible says, do not drink. Right. You have a lot of freedom in Christ to do a lot of things. You know, it may help you. Like Paul said, it's going to help you even physically. But please understand that it can lead to mastering you. It can yeah. lead to you thinking, I have a control on this, when in reality, it has a control on you. Mm-hmm. You can't start your day without drinking. Like how some people can't start their day without coffee. There are some people that literally cannot start their day without alcohol. They get stressed, alcohol. They have to go to a party, alcohol. No matter what they do, they have to have alcohol. There are people that drink alcohol more than water. And maybe it's because I was around a lot of Navy people, but still, I've seen it. I know a lot of church people that still be turning up. And it's just like, can we turn up with juice? You know what I mean? Like, does everything have to be Hennessy, bro? Right. But I think we have to just be careful because it's easy to slip past your limit. I remember one of my boys was like, I ain't drunk. Where's I'm at a party once. He was like, man, I'm not drunk. And I didn't think I was drunk because I could see everything going on. My mind was still there. But I remember walking. I thought we were walking in a straight path. I was walking directly behind him. But then I realized he was zigzagging in the hallway. And I was walking. And I didn't even realize I was walking immediately. behind. So I'm like, imagine how people are looking at me. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I got this under control. When in reality, now nah, I look just as stupid as he does. If I think he looks dumb. Right. You know what I mean? So it's so easy to, to go into addictions and not even realize what's going on. And I think an important part before we talk about the church leadership, I think we have to talk about ourselves as leaders, you know, and I believe that when you're in leadership, you can't live like everyone else. I'm sorry. You're not afforded the luxury of doing what everyone else is doing, even if it is not sin. I know that doesn't sound popular and you're going to say, well, show me in the scripture. Listen, there are so many things Paul couldn't do because the church is doing it. There's so many things Jesus did not do that others were doing. And it wasn't a sin. It's just, I don't have the luxury of doing the thing that people do because I know I'm going to have to set a standard. And if I'm doing certain things, other people are going to do it as well. um, Before I let Safa speak, I'm going to read this um, Bible verse for y'all. First Timothy three says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man who is whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. 
He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love and not love money. I believe that one is talking mainly about the bishops and the deacons of the church. But at the same time, he was letting them know, hey, you can't love, you can't be no heavy drinker, bro. Hey, you probably took a sip, but don't think you can keep taking glasses like everybody else. Don't think you can keep chugging like everybody else. So as a leader in the church shop, do you think that affects your reasoning why you avoid it? Like, do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, before we started going to the church that we, well, before we got married, I should say the church that I went to, um, the pastor there didn't drink, he didn't dance like in public and things like that. Simply because like the scripture said, you, you gotta, you gotta be wise, you know, you gotta, you're, you're supposed to be of good reputation. He didn't mm -hmm. want any, his name, even though these things aren't wrong, he didn't want yeah, any evil approach. to be um, spoken of him. He didn't want to fall into anything where let's say he does drink a little bit and he's, you know, dancing a little bit and something happens. Something probably he can't even remember. He didn't want his name to just be evil spoken of. Yeah. At the end of the day, as you know, was mentioned before, you have to be ready, especially as a leader, especially as a pastor. You don't like to write sets, have the luxury to just pastors don't have vacations. You don't have a vacation from pastoring. Yeah. That's a position yeah, that vacation from church, but yeah, you're still pastor you wherever still, you are. You're still pastor wherever you are because <laughs> God puts you in that position to lead a flock. God is not giving you a vacation. Yeah. You are supposed to be, you are supposed to be leading these people. So let's say you are on vacation, but you know, you know, maybe someone there you see um, needs pastoring or, um, you know, they need help or someone call you have to always 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 be on guard you have to be ready because this is the position that god has placed you in to lead his people so, yeah i think that's important man like uh, a friend of mine victor jackson he always says it like this what one generation does in moderation the next would do in excess meaning you only did a little bit of it you didn't post so much drinking you only took a sip right. but you they, they know you took a sip now the entire next generation is turning up because Hey, pastor, pastor does it. What right. you mean? It's, it's, what's the, what do you mean? That's not a sin. Pastor's doing it. You know what I mean? And it's like, you don't mean to do harm. You only did something. You did something in moderation, which is wise. Right. And that's why it's important for us. Stop feeling the need to post everything. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. it's like you're fishing for attention and then you're sending the wrong idea to the people that look up to you. And now they're justifying their carnality because they were looking at our actions. Right. You know what I mean? They wanted to be in sin and they're looking like, well, hey, minister so-and-so do it. Hey, my favorite... Um, hip hop artist does it. Hey, my favorite praise and worship leader does it. And it's just like, listen, when you're in leadership, you cannot do what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And if you are doing something that you know within yourself is not a sin, that does not mean you have to show people. Like you can teach it, like, hey man, drinking isn't a sin, but you don't show them you drinking. You know what I mean? You don't you don't show them like, hey bro, we're going to the club, we're about to get these um jello shots. And it's just like, and then when the next generation leaves the church because they're all out turning up, we're shocked and we're God, what's happening? We are the problem. We supposed to say, yeah. <laughs> you know, God is like set the standard. You know what I mean? Show them what the goal is, and then they won't be turned up like that. You know, so I think it's important that even if you do believe, hey, it's fine for me to drink. You have to understand that as a leader, that's something you should either one avoid or two should not be showing that. You should not be making that a habit that people are looking at their leaders like like drunks. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to put it like that, but you get the point. You know, and the last thing I'll say regarding um, drinking is that. The one another the, the last reason why I, I just don't care to is because my leadership is against it, you know, man, obviously my leadership doesn't govern my life, you know, but they do have a say so in my decision making. Right. I think a lot of people, you know, they go to these churches and they listen to everything the leader says until the leader say don't do something. 
then it's just I'm grown. You can't tell me what to do. Right, that ain't in the Bible. That's not what. What it, you know what I mean? And then they then they start telling the leader, "Well, show me what scripture say this." Show me what. Then but I think it. God gives leadership wisdom, not necessarily that it's it's um a sin, but like I said before, it's a weight. And you know, if you give people an inch, they'll take a mile. So if yeah. you let people in the church start drinking, you know, as a leader, you say, "Hey, brother Tavares, you know, every every now and again, you out with your friends, you can take a sip," and then everybody just start doing it, and you get carried away. So. That's exactly why, you know, because our leadership say that we shouldn't do it. That's why we don't do it. Yeah. And and so let me read this verse for you guys. Um, Obviously, you can pray about it. I'm not going to argue with anybody in comment sections. Um, But the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 17, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. King James says, submit yourselves. Your work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would, that would certainly not be for your benefit. So we have to understand that when God, when our pastor tells us to do something, even when we think pastor tripping, we have to take that into consideration. We cannot just simply dismiss right. everything our, our, a preacher says, whatever, because that's not our favorite preacher. We cannot simply dismiss it because God places certain leaders in your life for your benefit. Mm-hmm. If you don't listen to certain leaders, you can think you're saved all you want. And you can either one, go to hell, Two, you could probably make it in and your life is miserable because you will never follow um, spiritual leadership. It's so many negative benefits to when we don't listen to leaders. You know, so obviously, you know, like we said earlier in the podcast, our view differs from our churches. My church preaches it like, hey, nah, don't drink alcohol. Right. It's a sin. I don't view it that way. But I also don't drink. And that's one of my reasons why, because I don't respect for my leadership. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying. Every single thing they say, oh, well, even if it's not biblical, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be quiet and just listen. Listen, no, no, no. I'm saying we need to weigh the spirit behind what they're saying. Weigh what they're saying against scripture. You know what I mean? So when they say something like, um, you know, don't drink, I'm going to look like, bro, the scriptures don't even say that. So now I have to search the Bible for myself and see if God convicts me. You know what I mean? Because, and I'm just like, well, God, if you're not convicting me, I'm just going to make sure this is something in moderation. This is something that's never posted. Right. X, Y, Z, you know, you do what you have to do. I'm not, you know, putting, you know, directions on anyone's holiness or salvation. But my thing is, that's what I have to do. Whereas even if all of those other reasons I mentioned were not the case, and it was only because my leader said so, I would still have to ask God to help me. Because if I wanted to, I still have to, one, figure out, God, well, why do I feel the need to drink? Or two, God, do I have to be at this church? Or three, is this person right? And am I supposed to just listen to him even though he's not biblical? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself. You know what I mean? Because we cannot, we cannot, you know, obviously I'm not going to say, oh, if I drink and, and, I'm, and I'm at the church that I'm at, I'm in rebellion and headed towards hell. No, my pastor can't put me in hell because he doesn't have a heaven right. to put me into either. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. My point is we have to figure out, well, is this pleasing to God? And right. if this isn't pleasing to God, well, and if we're not even sure, then we also have to wonder like, well, how does my spiritual guidance view this? You know what I mean? Because there's some scriptures that we're not even 100% on. So mm-hmm. you have to find spiritual counsel that you can trust in. So. Right. I agree. I feel like if, if your pastor is a pastor that's following the heart of God, or is really, you know, in tune with with God and God's will for the church, then it shouldn't be a problem for you to, to you know, you shouldn't just, when the pastor say, don't do something, even if it's not in the Bible, you just shut it down completely. Because clearly the pastor, the pastor is not just trying to kill your vibe. 
not trying to just I mean, oh you don't want you to have no fun <laughs> yeah, you know um you know the, it's, there's some wisdom behind what the pastor is is saying just like there's some there's wisdom behind everything god has put in place for us and so i think we just need to take heed to that and if we want to go to heaven that we need to be obedient to our leaders or, or don't go to that church exactly. i'm not telling y'all to leave y'all churches but i'm just saying if you can't if follow there's something your leadership, that's that seriously and you feel as though you can't trust in their god i go there yeah. because you're putting yourself in a situation where now you're not following biblical principles the bible wants you to be obedient to your leader you can't even do that so yeah. in my in you know just just find somewhere else to go where you feel as though you know you won't be disobedient to the word of god uh, also i think that um geez, I just, it just slipped my it just slipped me um what was i about to say i don't know you say you love me <laughs> that wasn't it but i do um geez what was it i don't know Keep talking and then I'll. I'll well, we're about to I'll wrap remember. this up. We're about to wrap this up. So you better remember soon. Um, oh yes, I remember. But. So also, if it is something that you, you know your pastor say that you can't do, whether it's you know um, you know getting a tattoo or um, not tattoo. We're gonna talk about tattoos next week. Whatever we it is, it doesn't that. matter. I'm just saying, if the today, pastor says you long. can't get a tattoo, or if it's drinking, or whatever the case may be, um, and you feel as though man, like why is the pastor saying if this is something you can't live without? If it's not, if it's something you absolutely can't, if it's that big of a deal to you, you have to sit there and ask yourself, is this something I'm worshiping or is this becoming yeah. an idol to me? Because at the end of the day, like even if it's, and I know a lot of people wear jewelry and like, let's say if it was jewelry or something else, something you can absolutely not live without because you feel like you need it. At the end of the day, the, the thing that we should place above all else is our relationship with God is our, if you cannot live without something, you have to sit there and, and consider, am I, am I putting this before God? Is this an idol in my life? And maybe you shouldn't have it at all. Not necessarily because it's a sin, but because it's a weight to you. So. Well, yeah. All right, then. Cool. Let's just go ahead. And... <laughs> so, yeah, definitely agree with everything you said. I wanted to talk about tattoos in, in this episode, but clearly that this episode went longer than we anticipated. So we'll do we'll do that for next week. We're creeping up on 100. So we'll probably do a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Probably. They don't show love on what Patreon, so away? probably not. You know, it'd be like that sometimes. What are we but. Away? Child, please. I need to buy myself a new car. <laughs> These people, <laughs> listen. Um, I love y'all, but we are not rich yet. Not just yet. We are um, struggling. No, I am not struggling. Well, I rebuke that. Our little car struggling. Well, so one how, of the cars. What, I need to get rid of that thing. It? I told my dad I'll give it to him. Anywho, <laughs> don't sidetrack me, woman. I can't focus. Um, but like Alex like was saying, I think that's important that we talk about the the fact that is it something we are worshiping? Because I think a lot of people. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, well, I can't drink. What you mean I can't drink? And it's just like, well, I mean, if pastor tells you don't drink, is it that bothersome to you? Like, if you don't say, if you don't see any like negative side effects to it, you're just like, man, I'm just trying to drink some. If they tell you don't drink and you feel as though it's that big of a need, you need to either figure out, do you belong at this church? Or two, are you worshiping this thing? No matter what the thing is, because even if it's video games and pastor say, hey, bro, get off the video games. And you are so mad at pastor that you're ready to fist fight. Listen, bro, chances are that's an idol in your life. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what the situation is. We have to ask God, are we making idols out of certain things? Because I know a lot of people that if they can't go to, if they can't have alcohol at their wedding, they think their wedding won't be fun. And I had it at mine. You know what I mean? I had a blast. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, not even trying to be childish, but 
I enjoyed my wedding and I don't care who had a problem with it, who was uncomfortable with my music choices. But if we were to go back and do our wedding today, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had it. There would not be any alcohol, for no, sure. No, but my thing was, like, so so my issue was, I remember one of my boys, he brought me a bottle. Boom, big bottle, Rick Ross bottle. This you know? isn't even alcohol. Like, the wedding didn't come with alcohol. People yeah, came with yeah, alcohol to yeah. the wedding. You, you would have to pay them extra at the, um, what do you call it, reception home. Yeah. And then my boys, you know, we brought our own, you know what I'm saying? My cousin stuck Hennessy in her purse. They snuck with Another one, because he brought a big bottle, and he was just like, yo, Bubba, I got you. You know what I mean? That's my nickname. Y'all don't call me that on social media. I might block you. But he was like, yo, Bubba, I got a bottle. And I was just like, yo, put it under the table. I'm like, Pastor, right there. What you doing? So he put it under the table. And next thing you know, one of my other cousins, she went, and she poured it out to the whole reception um group, apparently. And she ain't give me none. I'm looking like, y'all petty. But my thing is, if I would have got so mad to the point where I, man, I need a mile call. You know what I mean? That's just like... Bro, I had a blast and I wasn't drinking. You know what I mean? It just had a blast because I was having a blast. Right. Like, you know what I mean? A little after we got married, I remember, um, you know, thinking to myself, I should buy like, you know, those little fruit daiquiris or whatever they sell. They come frozen and stuff like that. I, I used to drink those back in college and not to get drunk, but because I like the flavor. And Same. I remember when we got married, Tavares wasn't really having it. He didn't really like me drinking the alcohol. Our views changed on alcohol or his changed first, yeah. I should say. And even though I was like, mm, I don't see anything wrong with it. He didn't. What, he didn't like the fact that I was using alcohol to, you know, have a good time with him or, or whatever the case may be or get a little buzz. And so in my head, I didn't I was just like, all right, well, it ain't that serious to me. And I let it go completely. Yeah. And if you can do that, then clearly she was kicking work. and screaming in other oh, subjects. Okay. But we're not well, going to yeah, discuss those. Go <laughs> but, but yeah, as far as alcohol, it was so easy for me to let that go because it wasn't something I feel like that I needed or yeah. that I worshipped. It could, it, I could care less. And since then, I haven't had any. But um, if you feel as though in a, in a situation like that, you have to keep, oh my gosh, well, I can't live without the alcohol and stuff like that. Yes, like Tavar said, consider if that's something you're worshiping. Or- yeah, because uh, it's not. It's probably not the pastor that's the problem. You know, maybe God is working on something through the pastor through you. Like maybe some issues in your life that you don't realize that God isn't first in your life. Right. That you've placed certain desires above Him. You know what I mean. So I think it's important that we we check that. Because, like Saba said, she gave it up easily. I want to say I gave it up easily because that wasn't. I was never a heavy drinker. You know yeah. what I mean. So, boom, you went to parties. Yeah, you drink. You know, military life, deployment life, all that. Yeah, you drink. You know, early in marriage, had a couple bottles. But I'm just like, man, I want some juice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not about to fill up my fridge with no alcohol. Like, and my thing is, imagine one day I just go and then my son is, you know, pouring his own juice. Thinking he pouring juice, he pouring alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. I set the standard for my home. You know what I mean? So I think it's necessary to understand that you determine the outcome of your household if you're, you know, if you want them to be holy or you want them to live in sin. You know what I mean? So I hope this episode sheds some light. I don't I don't put judgment on anyone who decides to drink it. Same. I don't think you're less holy if you you um drink alcohol, and I don't think you're more holy if you don't. I think it's, you know a wiser decision to avoid alcohol altogether if you can. But if you do, please understand that moderation is key and not your level of moderation, but a a level of moderation that God finds to be moderation because we know how we get. Like uh, on deployment, we had something called um, beer on a pair that we pulled up on in Jamaica, big port side. And then they were like one, one bottle of uh, a beer per hour following that like everybody's walking around with like three bottles per head you know what i mean it's just like but everybody would jump but my thing is they were trying to tell us you know because you won't be able to limit yourself they know how people get and then we were all looking at it like i'll be all right how many people were drunk how many people were hung up all that within a matter of an hour because in their head i know my limits 
You know what I mean? And I, I know many of you, you've been in scenarios where you wish you could forget, or you probably don't remember what happened to you because of how much you were drinking and you thought you knew your limits. So just exercise wisdom, you know, and if this episode upsets you, you know, we still love y'all. Tune back in next week where we can upset you again talking about tattoos. Be blessed <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> Peace. Peace.